All right, let's go, Pat. Cool. All right, so we are here now here with Jess um, as part of our Halloween Spectacular Ghost Story Athon. Jess, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jess. I'm a fan of the podcast, friend to it too, and a longtime spooky lady. I've uh, been running into ghosts since I was very young and have had sporadic ghost stories throughout my entire life. So when Pat came to me and said, can you tell us some ghost stories? I said, absolutely. And that's how I ended up here. Great. That's, um, we're going to do a warm-up question. Jess, you're from Jersey, and, and, and this is for everyone. Um, so we'll go round robin, starting with Julia. What are your thoughts on the Jersey Devil? My thoughts on him? like Yeah. Um, I haven't really met him personally, but he doesn't sound like a nice guy. I, From what I've heard, I think he's kind of like an antagonist. He... I was going to say, is he the one that, like, flies in front of cars and stuff, or is that, like, Mothman? That's probably Mothman. It's definitely the Mothman. The Devil, yeah. the devil uh, got shot by Napoleon's brother. Yeah. Probably means nothing. So I guess he's not. He just, he's just chilling. He doesn't really bother people. Except yeah, I think he literally just flies around. He, like, dances with women and turns into the devil, right? That's him. That's... Does he well, dance with a woman? Yeah, in, in the story, um, yeah, he's like dancing with a woman at a dance, and then she looks down and he's got like hooves instead of feet. Interesting. Yeah. Enrique, th- general thoughts on the, the Jersey Devil? I think he's misunderstood. I really think the Jersey Devil, I mean, when, when you're born with that kind of trauma of like, you're, you're born, you're the 13th kid, your parents don't really care about you, and then at your birth, your mom's just like, oh my God, it's the devil. Like, how how can you expect someone to live through that trauma? And, you know, yeah, okay. So maybe he does mischievous shit, you know? And I don't know. Maybe he killed a couple people. I don't know. But you can't really judge him off that, can you? I just feel like he's misunderstood. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jess, what are your thoughts on the Jersey Devil? Well, as someone from Jersey, I have opinions. Uh, <laughs> um, I see the Jersey Devil as a mischievous fellow rather than a, than an evil one for the most part. Every time he pick, pops up in the history of the state, it is generally to cause uh, some light mayhem, but nothing that actually hurts anyone long term. Uh, like he's been known to disrupt shipping lanes, cause general traffic mishaps. Um, dance around on people's roofs and uh, just in general be kind of a brat which you know makes sense as the uh, youngest child of 13 as Enrique pointed out uh, that was kicked out by his mom so he's a little bratty but he's a he's a mischievous kind of bratty uh, and actually to start the ghost stories off he danced on my roof once as a kid really? uh, my, yeah my mother and my sister swear up and down that uh, what uh, during one of the big snowstorms, they heard something thunking around on the roof. And when they went outside, there were these huge hoof prints going across the field in the backyard, too spaced out for anything and the uh, size of a donkey. We did not have donkeys. Curious, what town were you living in? Um, I grew up in uh, Old Ironia at this point. So that would be up in Morris County. Uh, that's where all the old iron mines are. Interesting. So north. Oh yeah, he gets across the entire state. Not frequently. He is most often seen in South Jersey, but during a little bit of a, a blip, I want to say in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, he he hit the entire state in three days. He's been in Pennsylvania too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he'll cross over the Delaware. Yeah. Shout out to my hometown, Bristol. He he's been seen there twice. Nice. Yeah, he gets around. Oh, yeah, so, we're, we're, we're right across from Burlington, so he just went over the bridge. It's nothing. So it's the Jeff, cheapest bridge. What? So when when this happened, like, did it happen and you guys found out later on or did it happen? Did you run out right away? So the way they tell the story was it was it was the afternoon mm-hmm. and they were inside. This is when my sister was still in elementary school. So this would have been the 90s at some point. Shout and, out to the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it was right after a fresh fallen snow. So we had like a foot or two of snow in the backyard. This is back when you used to get snowstorms. And they heard this like banging thudding on the roof, like something clopping around. And, you know, my mom being 
alone with a child goes to investigate because if something's happening to the roof of the house, uh, and this is a standalone farmhouse, just to make sure everything's all right. By the time she came outside, she said she didn't see anything, but there were these massive hoof prints going out through the backyard and going towards the fields, and then they just stopped. So you have these like big, massive footprints, but not like you'd expect to see from a walking four-legged creature, where there's usually some drag, especially in the big snow. Right, right. More like more like something that would, like you know, the way a man would put his foot down and then pick it up to do the next step, except they were hoof-shaped. And they started about six feet or so from the house and almost went out to the backfield and they were just gone. And that was it? Like, there was no snow disturbed? No, otherwise it was just hoof prints going out towards the field. So I have, and I don't even know if um, I'm allowed to tell my story, but I have a quick story. When I I was young, so when I was young, the house my mom lived at was haunted, but I'll get into that some other time. But the... Uh, the in the backyard we had like what do they call the backyard porches decks, the porch back patio deck, yeah one of those things right we had one of those things and it had like a roof with like these plastic wings. gazebo no 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 it was like a just a porch it was a porch but it had these uh the the fly net thing so flies don't get in okay but on the top it had the roof where it was like this plastic roller coaster looking thing. Shingles? I don't know. Is that what they call it? Maybe. Okay, anyway, so it was like this plastic thing. I, the, the shape of it doesn't matter. It was plastic, and you can see through it. So I remember one time I was outside, and my mom didn't let us really do much. So, like, I was outside on the back porch. And I remember I remember looked up, and I saw – I heard something thump, like, down on the, on the plastic thing. And I looked up, and I saw what I thought were hooves. But then it flew away. But I'm also not an idiot. Like, I know the difference between hooves and, like, uh, what's this thing called? Bird feet? What's bird feet called? Bird feet? Yeah. Bird so. feet. Like, yeah. Talons? Or, talons? Yeah, talons. Like, talons. I, 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 know, I, I know what, like, talons sound. Because talons sound like, you know, like, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but like talents sound like, you know, like little, little, like scratchy, like little scratchy. Yeah. Like and this was, this was like, boom, a hoof. Like I saw it. I looked up because my first thought was, why the fuck's there a baby horse up, up, up on the roof? And question. yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you said you had a question. No. So I'm, I'm, I was, looking, <laughs> I was looking on the roof and for, it was probably up there for like two minutes, but I, I never wanted to call it the Jersey devil. Cause it was, Tiny. It was probably the size of like a medium to s- smaller large dog, but it it had obvious hooves. You know, it looked like the Indianapolis Colts. Like I knew, like I saw it, and up to this day, I'm like, holy shit, those were hooves. That's wild. And um, but then it flew away. The thing, the crazy thing is, it flew away though. And I was such a chicken shit as a kid that I just ran back in the house. I didn't investigate, but. Sorry, that's my quick story. So you didn't see it? I saw the silhouette. Like, I saw the silhouette, because you could clearly see the silhouette. It was, like, uh, probably, like, 5, 6 o'clock in the fall. So, like, the sun the, the sun was going down, but it was still bright enough. Did you see just wings, or did you see, like, legs? I saw the legs, then I saw the wings when it flew away. I saw wings kind of like, um, what's that word they do? Flat? I saw wings flat, like, right. extend, and then it flat and it flew away. Now, when I was a kid, I told people I heard the whoosh, whoosh, but I didn't. I just saw something fly away. I didn't hear like the, the whooshing that you hear like on Jeepers Creepers. I just heard like, I, I just heard the footsteps like run and then it flew away. But I never mentioned Jersey Devil because it was small. So I, people asked me, was it the Chupacabras? And I said, no, because... I don't think he has hooves. Yeah, he doesn't have hooves, but also I think he's Puerto Rican. So I don't know why he would be like in a predominantly Mexican town, but <laughs> but yeah, no, but the reason I brought it up is because it's kind of he flew away. Yeah. He was like, oh shit, I gotta go to violent. The but it's kind of similar to your story, except I didn't go pursue it because I was just too scared. Sorry, I, I just thought I want I wanted to get that never before. No, I like that was a great story. Jersey's devil story. It's like a little devil dog. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Should make that into a t-shirt, guys. Just Enrique's Devil Dog. 
Next, next time you have hot dog night. Oh, yeah. I'll just do the Jersey Devil as a dog. Before we, we get into further um, uh, ghost stories, Jess, what's your favorite scary movie? I should have said that like ghost face, but I, I don't have a ghost face voice. Making me choose. It's Hell Hell Cells. Like. Oh, they are coming out with a new one. Did you see? I um, know. I cannot wait. It's streaming live like Halloween Eve. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I love the Hell House movies. I love the the shots that are like like yeah, at the Mahoning Diner. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that we all got to do an escape room in their freezer together. That was great. <laughs> yeah, that was great, and that that lady was so nice. Also, shout out to Enrique for being the MVP first timer. Like we would have been stuck in there for an hour if it wasn't for you, Enrique. That's uh, that's for me watching so much burn notice. I mean, it worked. Yeah. We're all going in there like, no, don't worry, Ricky. We'll take care of you. It's your first time. The rest of us have done dozens of escape rooms. It'll be great. We're all completely stuck, and Enrique saves the day with the iPad. I was focused. And by iPad, just to clarify, I didn't, like, Google anything. There was an iPad. No, no. Yeah, it was part of the puzzle. It had, like, a lock screen that we had to unlock. I wanted, yeah. So I did, a, I did an escape real quick, and then I promise I'll shut up. I did an escape room. Uh, well, me and Julia did an escape room for a birthday, and... There's a possibility that I've got, I had a concussion that day because two things fell on my head, but one of them was a fucking baseball that fell from like the top of like, like the the ceiling. For some reason, one of the puzzles you unlocked and a ball falls out of the ceiling, like right where someone's standing. So it's just like a baseball (laughs) hit him in the head. A baseball just hit me. I don't know why. Why would you make it a baseball? So many softer balls. I guess they didn't think someone would be standing there, but. Yeah, so I'm I'm too I'm too annoying in escape rooms, but one of them uh I kind of I, I kind of felt it, we'll say. I feel like I'm a pro. But go, I'm sorry, go ahead, Pat. Oh no, um no, it's all good. Oh yeah, no, let's let's get into um some ghost stories, some paranormal experiences. Jess, what was like one of your first ones? Like or one that made you like think like you weren't alone. Oh, we're gonna go with not alone. I got a couple fun ones, but let's uh, let's start small. Um, okay, yeah. Like, start, start small. We'll work up. Yeah, start small. Like not alone. Uh, growing up, there used to be a shadow man that would hang out in my door at night. So, so like you know, picture being in your bedroom, and like I I lived in an old farmhouse, so we had doors, but they didn't have like doorknobs or anything. They were just kind of like hinge doors that you could you could close with a with a lock and everything so most nights you, you know you're a kid you're little you don't lock your door so it would just kind of drift open through the course of the night and i'd wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be a shadow of a person standing in the doorway and there'd be like a void like a black void just silhouetted watching me sleep and for the longest time, I thought that was just a night terror that was personal to me. Um, as I grow up, you know, I don't mention it to anyone. Like, eventually, it stopped showing up. And I'm in my 20s. I'm at a party with my sister, and I come around the corner, and I hear her telling a bunch of friends about this shadow man who used to stand in her doorway when she was a kid. And I said, shut the front door. You did not. I had the shadow man standing in my doorway. And no, that's how we found out we both had a shadow man that would linger in our doorways and just keep an eye on us as kids. And when I say it was a shadow, I mean it was not a person. It did not have two it did not have three dimensional features. It was the outline of a person. And you were okay with this? Oh, you're not okay with that. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I mean, like, like, like... okay. I'm just... So, no, did... my my sister described it as like a comforting presence for her, but for me, I was absolutely no. I don't like this. You just kind of like freeze in bed, and you don't. Yeah, you know, I think that's part of why I still like staying up at late late at night. Sometimes you just kind of get used to being up in the middle of the night. But like, did you feel that it was malicious, or did you feel that it was just there? I never felt like an animosity from it, but I was fearful of it, which is not the same thing. Right, right, right. Um, right. 
Yeah, because, you know, as a, as a small child, if there's something scary nearby, it is a very scary experience, even if it's not going to do anything to you. Much the same way that I've run into black bears in the woods, like you come around a trail in the mountains and it's just there's bear, it's five feet from you. You're going to be very scared, even if the bear doesn't care about you at that moment. But, you know, its attention was definitely focused towards me, and I felt that if I moved, it would know I moved. I didn't want yeah. to know that I knew it was there. Even though, like, if, you know, like, even though looking back, it definitely knew you were there. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been there. Exactly. But then it would yeah. have known I knew it was there. Right. Yeah. And that's a different thing because then maybe it moves. Or, or, yeah, and I did not, I didn't want it to move. I just wanted, it, you know, no closer to the door. Thank you very much. What if you had to go to the bathroom? Oh, uh, well, you know, you Is just. like did. a run? Oh, no, you just no. You just did it Uh, it, because it wouldn't be there all the time and it wasn't there all night. It would just it would appear for, I think, the the longest because I did have a clock radio. I think maybe the longest was a little less than a half hour. It's a long time, though, especially for a kid like working kids. A half hour is a long time. It's a long time for an adult to be still. So, yeah, so that was probably my earliest memory of a ghostly experience. Jess, do you think it was roaming the house like maybe half an hour it'd be at your room or like 20 minutes it'd be in your room like do you think maybe it was just like checking up on you guys i think it was definitely checking up on us i don't know that it was actively roaming the house because i never saw it move it would just be there and then it would be gone but uh, about three months before i was born my grandfather died and Mm. the farmhouse that i grew up in is a generational farmhouse in my family so he was born in that house um, he didn't die in the house. He died in, ho- in, in hospice, but, you know, he spent his entire life living out of that house. And my family, my, my branch of the family only moved in, um, like, the year he died to, like, come help take care of the place. So I think it was, the, the consensus of the family is that it was probably him checking in on me and my sister as we were growing up because we were, we were the grandkids he never got to meet. Right. That's very like um wholesome in a way. Yeah, because like, like ter- I said, terrifyingly wholesome. It was terrifyingly wholesome. Like I said, my sister had a much more positive reaction to the shadow figure than I did. Oh, that's adorable though. In a way. Like I love when um stories like that get a nice positive spin. Oh yeah, the house is definitely haunted because we've we've had it's been uh, it's it's pre it's it's colonial. It was built sometime in the late sixteen early seventeen hundreds, and has been in use since then. And even before that, there's some potential in the house for it to be older than that because you can if you pull back the walls, there's actually an old one room cottage that the entire house is then built around. Cool. So when we've done construction things on the house, we found the original beams of the house, and there's actually like, um, yeah, essentially it's it's a one room cottage that would have been like a homesteader's cottage, and then everything else was built around it, and eventually it was finished into a reverse colonial uh, split staircase house. So oh, that, that is really cool. All, yeah, all sorts of little ghosts in that house. What is your your favorite ghost in the house? Oh, also, real quick, just like out of a, because for some reason I'm picturing like you say, like, oh, we got all sorts of ghosts in this house. Have you ever seen the show Ghost on um NBC? Um, okay, I've seen a lot of shows on NBC. Ghost isn't ringing a bell. Um, it's like a comedy where a lady moves into a haunted house and becomes friends with all the ghosts. No, uh, she but that sounds bangs, adorable. She bangs her head. She she like bangs <laughs> yeah, her head, oh, yeah. and and it gets her. It gives her like this this consciousness of ghosts. So she, it's, it's really funny, actually. It's, it's like, they move it, like she can see the ghost, she can hear the ghost, but her fiance cannot. So she'll have a conversation. She'll be like, no, no, you can't do that because, of, and he's like, oh, you're talking to the ghost again, right? Can you tell him I said hi? And you know, stuff like that. And uh, it's, it's interesting though. Oh, I'm going to check that out. That sounds charming. It is. It's, it's actually very charming. Especially with Halloween coming up, it's about to be spooky. Yeah. The favorite ghost in the house, I don't know that I have a favorite because I don't know that I could reliably tell them all apart. Um, that's, that's fair. 
like my the one we think is the most active is my grandfather because and i think that's partially because he still has you know connection to people living in the house versus previous generations that are a little bit further removed because uh there'd be my great great grandparents um were not born in the house but they both had their wakes in the house because that's what you did back then and you know i believe they both died in the house but we don't yeah, I don't really know too much about them, so I don't think they're strong a haunting presence. And then you have the family that was there before us. But so there, you you'll see things like so you'll be in the kitchen, and there's a, a series of windows in the kitchen looking out the driveway, which is up against a hill. So it's it's almost like a narrow tunnel of a driveway. So there's nowhere for people to go other than to enter the house or go into the fields of the backyard as they come up the driveway. And you'll be in the house, and if you're in the kitchen, people you'll see out the corner of your eye people walking up the driveway. Oh, interesting. So you'll just you'll see the motion of people walking up the driveway, and you'll turn. There's no one there, and you can go and walk outside from the kitchen. And there's there's no cars, there's no one around. It's not like people are sneaking around the property. There's just people walking by the kitchen. Oh, that's actually really cool. That 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 would get annoying because, like, I, does, I picture, actually. yeah, <laughs> I picture myself like being like, oh, like maybe like a friend's coming over, mm-hmm. but the maybe they would be coming over in like several hours, and like seeing that, or or maybe they left several hours ago, and I'm like, man, what are they doing back? And I'm like, walk out, and nothing's there. I, it would be yep. scary and annoying, and like. Um, get, if I was you get, a, past, you get past the scary pretty quickly, and it just does uh, drift towards annoying. I can't I, I I had my mom's house was haunted, and it wasn't until a couple years ago that she admitted that because she would always be like, "Oh, it's because you watch these movies, and it's because of this," and because. But she would never admit that she used to get scared at that house, and just recently she started to admit it. And uh, but, anyways, the the. The crazy thing about it is I I don't think I've experienced like chill ghosts and because like I was always afraid. Like I always felt like genuine fear when the things would happen. That's why I asked if you th- thought maybe the shadow man was malicious because I know for a fact the ghosts that we had in our house, they were. They were assholes. I know that for a fact. I have, I have since my childhood run into malicious ghosts in different houses and that's how i can definitely say the ghosts at my farmhouse are not malicious but oh boy are they opinionated what, what's <laughs> um, their strongest opinion <laughs> uh they they usually have they're usually well they, they're from farm folks so they have they have two opinions they have occasionally it's you need to take a break or it's you need to stop taking a break and get back to work uh seem to be the two biggest motivating factors for the ghosts around the house at this point uh to to give an example of needing a break my my dad's office is attached to the back of the farmhouse it's like a a, a, one of the newer additions on and it butts out the back and it looks out over the field very it's a nice spot but it gets a little cold because it's also the boiler room uh (laughs) but he's got his desk back there and he's an old-fashioned guy he still likes to use a calculator when he's just working through sheets for the day and getting things organized. And um, a couple of years ago, he was in the middle of working on something, just banging his head against the wall, trying to get the ratios right um, on, on a project he was working on. And, you know, he's working on the calculator, he's typing and he'll lean over and he'll write something down. He'll reach back over and type and then he'll lean over and write. And he goes to reach over to type on the calculator. The calculator's gone. But he just turned his head to jot down a note and turn back to the calculator, and the calculator is gone. Did he ever find the calculator? So he proceeds to spend the next half hour taking apart his desk and putting it back together. And eventually he stands up in frustration, throws his pencil on the desk and goes, fine, have it your way. I'm taking a break. And he just storms off. Goes back to the kitchen, gets a cup of coffee, walks out to the greenhouses, does a lap, comes back. And now stacked neatly in the middle of his desk, which is not how he left it, is all the paperwork he was working on and the calculator right on top. Interesting. That's what, I mean, that's good that, um, like, you got, they got someone telling you to take a break. Yeah. 
and and stuff will happen like that all, all over the farm. Not usually not that directly where things are stacked up nice and neatly waiting for you when you come back. When you're alone on the property and there's no other cars and no other people. It's an eighty acre farm. Like for context. Like when we say you're alone on the property, you know when you're alone. But yeah, occasionally you'll be working on something and your stuff will just disappear. Uh has anything of yours disappeared? I usually get the get back to work messages. <laughs> <laughs> you have been taking way too long of a break get back to work yes i've got a couple get back to work messages in my time i can't say i've never had uh stuff taken from me to take a break but i i am a occasionally a disorganized person i don't know that i'd notice what does I, get back to work look like for the ghost so one of the more dramatic ones was uh i was over in the living room and there's a hallway between the living room and the kitchen. And so I'm sitting in the living room and I'm reading a book. And it's it's the time of day where you probably should be out working the field. But I really like reading. It's a nice hobby. So I'm sitting there and after about a half hour of reading, suddenly I hear a noise in the kitchen. And I have not had my blood go so cold in quite a while because it's the sound of someone stirring a cup of tea mm. so once again i am alone on the property when this is happening these things very rarely happen when other people are around it's usually you're alone right and yet there's someone in the kitchen who is loudly clanking a spoon around a coffee cup that sound is like eerie uh-huh and so yeah, I can see that being like, you know what? I don't I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. And I'm looking at the at the clock in the living room and this lasts for about 2 minutes straight of just clank 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 longer than a human would want to stir their coffee. And so at the end of it, I I stand up when it finally stops cuz I did not move. I was just frozen in place while this very loud spoon clanking is happening in the next room over. And when it finally stops, I stand up and I close my book and I place it on the coffee table and I say, you know what? I think it's time for me to go back to work. And I very <laughs> yeah. deliberately did not walk out any of the other doors of the house that I could have. I walked down the hallway and I walked to the kitchen and there's no one in that kitchen. Nor is there a spoon in a cup. And I walk out uh, the kitchen door and I look through the driveway and it's only my car. And I do a whole lap of the house and there's not even a customer down at the shop um, for the farm stand. There are no other cars in the property. Everyone is out for the day and I was alone and I got on the tractor and I went to a field and I got to work because I did not want to be in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the correct response. Um, anytime, like, I, I think that that audible sound, like, I hate that sound of the uh, T. And I, I think it's like an eerie sound, especially if you were by yourself. So like, yeah, like I would, I would leave. I don't know if yeah. I would have went back to work. I would have like gone to the nearest like corner store <laughs> or something <laughs> like. Got something stiff. Yeah. To drink. Yeah. Um, it, you know, when you're more familiar with the ghosts and the hauntings, I think you, you kind of start to just kind of take it in stride. I've been told stories that my grandfather used to get up at four in the morning to go to work and you'd hear him clanging his his coffee mug from upstairs. He was a very loud stirrer of his coffee. So I only presume that that was him trying to get my attention with a familiar gesture that he just did every day of his adult life. Right. Trying to show you good hard work. Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> what what is the uh most recent ghost story? Uh nothing in the last couple of years. Honestly, Tom is ghost repellent. Uh which is which has been a nice change of pace. Uh and when I say <laughs> I always say he's ghost repellent, he is actively repellent to ghosts. Like I just there's nothing spooky happens around him. It's very strange. The most recent yeah, I've lived in a couple old houses since then and had like minor spooky things, but nothing terribly dramatic. I did live in a house at one point where I'm pretty sure we had a poltergeist for a minute, but that's a story for a different time. 
No, I, uh, one I know, I know, I know, but I don't want to go into it right now. Right. It was I know, that's like, 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 yeah, like Enrique was saying uh, earlier, like when you have a hostile ghost, it's less fun of a story. We did get that sword out. Had to call in some friends to give a hand with that one. Uh, let's see. There will be I a have, time time for you to come on and tell that though. Yeah, if you're doing a, a bad ghost stories episode at some point, I'll come and tell those ones because they're just they're less fun. Uh, you know, they're still interesting and they're they're definitely more spooky, witchy, occulty than they are your average haunting. Oh, I got one. Uh, how about uh, paranormal experience? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you want to know if I had one or if we had one? No, I got one. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I went. I ended up on a ghost road when I was a teenager. Was it Clinton Road? It was Clinton Road. You know the road I'm talking about, the ghost yeah. road that goes off Clinton Road. I ended up yeah. on the ghost road. What is never been able to get back on it? So Clinton Clinton Road is the probably the most haunted road in the United States. It's I forget it's like a mile or so of a stretch where thirteen, if you drive, 13 miles. It's a thirteen mile road. Yeah, it takes oh, a bit okay. to get down it. It's a thirteen mile, but it's not the whole thirteen miles though that's haunted, is it? Uh, well, there's some houses on either end. I, I think are, like, that are pretty fine. There's like a stretch. There's like a stretch of the road where, when you're driving, I think the legends like you you have to turn your lights off. And yeah, you piss them off the neighbors. Yeah, but there's like a ghost car that's kind of like it looks like someone's having road rage, and then they like pass you. I want to say nine and a half miles. Not okay. Uh, I want to say that's the same road, and I could be wrong, but I want to say that's the same road Richard Kuklinski threw victims um, that he froze out on. So it is, and that actually relates to my story. Go on. <laughs> We got an Iceman so, reference today. We this have is- an Iceman reference, and and, and uh, Enrique's spot on. This is where the Iceman used to dump his victims because Clinton Road has a drop off into the lake, and it's a very deserted road, even as densely populated as the area is, uh, because it's just it's surrounded by park systems, and it's this windy back roads stretch in the middle of nowhere that butts up against this large lake and there's a couple pullovers where within a couple feet of the side of the road you could drop something into very deep water because it's essentially a cliff that goes into cliff water so it just goes down and down and down so it's terrifying yeah um so when i was younger um we used to go and do weird new jersey trips um, the magazine, I think it was maybe on issue nine or ten at that point. It was real early in the weird New Jersey days. And we read about this spot called Clinton Road. And as I was looking around my maps, because this is before GPS, suddenly I spot Clinton Road on the map of North Jersey. And I look at my friends and go, I found it. I found Clinton Road. Let's go check it out. This was a terrible decision. So we, um, me and two friends, um, pile into, um, my friend's car, which his, um, parent, his mom got for him and she picked him out a very good, sturdy first time driver car. You know, it's used, it's secondhand. It's a decommissioned cop car is what it is. And by that, I mean, still had the little side light on it. It was a, it was a decommissioned, got it auction, undercover cop car. So this thing was sturdy. It could go for miles and he never got pulled over. So of course we chose that car to go up to Clinton road, hop in the car, start driving. And as we're getting to Clinton road, we start seeing all these construction signs, but the road isn't closed. Mind you, it's just, you know, Hey, heads up construction, expect delays, but it's, you know, it's one in the morning. We're teenagers. We're not worried about construction. And then just as we get to Clinton Road proper, I see a sign that says, last chance to turn back. I like, and I say that out loud in the car and go, what? And now we're driving on gravel because they've torn up the entirety of Clinton Road. The entire road is getting repaved, all 10 miles. And we're at the start, and the sign specifically said, no U-turns, no turning back. 
well, we're, we're 16. So we, we continue on forward. We're clunking along at 30 miles an hour down Clinton Road on gravel in a decommissioned cop car. And honestly, it was a pretty calm night. We had a nice full moon. So we had good visibility. We didn't see any red-eyed dogs. We're about halfway down the road. We, we're blasting rock music. We're having a great old time just going down the spooky road, trying to share some ghost stories. And then we get to the part of the road that Enrique is referencing, which is a pullover that's often used by hikers to access the trail system. It's one in the morning, and there is a white unmarked van and a black Mercedes parked in the middle of Clinton Road on the pullover at one in the morning where the Iceman used to dump bodies. Interesting. And we are in a decommissioned cop car. Yeah, and you know, he used to, he used to just beat people to a pulp for no reason. For no reason. Yeah. He also had, like, poison on him at all times. Mm-hmm. And no one knows we're here. We didn't tell anyone we were going here. Right. Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't tell anyone you're going to the haunted place. No, I'm going to go play video games at my friend's house. We're safe and sound in town. And this is, like I said, before GPS. Our cell phones are essentially bricks. My friend behind the wheel does the reasonable thing and hits the gas. So we go flying up the rest of Clinton Road as fast as possible on gravel and millings, which I was surprised was still pretty darn quick. Uh, we get to the end of the road and our hearts are still racing. And like I said, nothing terribly spooky has happened on the road other than a black Mercedes and a white unmarked van where there should not be a black Mercedes and a white unmarked van. And uh, Enrique, have you ever actually been up Clinton Road? No, so... I spent one time, like, three days looking for Clinton Road, and I could not find it. If we ever go up to North Jersey together, I'll take you up Clinton Road. But the thing is, this is when GPS was a thing. (laughs) And it just wouldn't take you there. Yeah, like, this was probably, like, 2000. So a a friend of mine, we don't speak anymore, but a friend of mine, um, me and her would go on ghost hunts all the time. And... I brought it up. I said, let's go to Clinton Road, right? Because I heard about it. I knew about it from just knowing about the Iceman. And we spent three days one time. Like, I called out of work. So, because I got mad. I'm like, I can't find this fucking road. And I called out of work. And the entrance to the road's a little awkward. But, like, it, it, I don't, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, I couldn't find it to the point where we're like, this doesn't exist. I know it does. But, like, it was that weird situation where... You when, weren't supposed when, to find it. Well, yeah. When I got home and I gave up, I realized I wasn't supposed to be there. Right. The GPS said no. Right. Like, yeah. The GPS didn't allow me. No, but I, I've been trying to go to Clinton Road, and and the three times that I went, I never could find it. Maybe you shouldn't go then. I feel like you're not supposed to be no, there. I, I, got, I got a spot in Jersey that I can't go to either, much along those lines. We'll circle back around to that, but I know that feeling where you're, you know where it is, but you can't get there for some reason. But so, so you get to the end of Clinton Road, and you're still, it's, it's still a pretty isolated area. And like I said, we didn't have GPS, so we get to the end of the road, we make a right, and we just drive until we find the first gas station, which is within a mile or so of the entrance to Clinton Road. Pull in. Thankfully, it's an all-night gas station. You know, try to soothe our nerves, get some coffee, because of course caffeine settles you down. <laughs> and uh, we pull out the map. And we're looking over the map, and there's nothing. You, you To go back down south at this point, the only way is really to go back down Clinton Road, or you're detouring just miles and miles out of your way. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh look, no, there's this little parallel road. Let's Let's try it. Let's see if we can find it. There is no parallel road. Just spoiler alert, everyone. There is no parallel road. You know what? I know someone who went down Clinton Road, and I'm pretty sure this was the road because they were driving down it trying to see something, and they saw a clan member standing in the woods. That sounds about right. And they got scared, but they got to the end of the road, and they mentioned that like they couldn't, there was no other way to get back. And they said, we're not going back down that road. 
So they basically had to drive to New York to get home to South Jersey without going back down the same road they came. Yeah, it's really that much of a detour. It's a huge detour. And right. we did not... But they said they just, like, they looked over into the tree line, mm-hmm. and there was, like, a white hood standing there, and they were like, nope. Nope, nope. Yeah, there's a lot of nope in the woods around Clinton Road. So we, we get back in the car, and we start driving back to Clinton Road. And just before we get to Clinton Road, I say, look, no, there it is. There's the side road. And we take a left to go back down south on this side road. And... I could almost point to where it was if I drove back up there again, because it was, it almost looked like it should have been someone's driveway. It was so unremarkable, but it had a green signpost. And that's how we knew it was a road. So we turned down this road and very quickly were immediately past that first house and into the woods. And this is such a nice road. Like if they had been tearing up Clinton Road, they must have paved this one first because it was smooth as silk, fresh asphalt not even a paint line on it perfectly smooth and suddenly like we you know just me and the guy in the back seat we just relaxed like okay we made it look at this we're going southbound there's nothing else for it to turn on to we're probably going to go down the other side of the park we're going to get back to the main highway everything's going to be fine and about 15 minutes go by and i look around and i realize that we're in the middle of the woods there's no hills anymore it's just flat. And I look at the driver's side and I realize there's there's the lake on the left side of the car. I think to myself, that's odd. I don't think we drove past Clinton Road, so we shouldn't see a lake here. Because mm-hmm. Clinton Road goes up the right side. So the lake was on the left side driving up. That's strange. And then the road bends a little bit. We can't see the lake through the brush. And we come back. And now the lake's on my side of the car. And I can see clear across the entire lake in the moonlight. It's a very large lake. At this point, I'm starting to get a little concerned. But you don't want to say anything because you're not sure if you're not crazy. Right. Until we bend back a little bit again. And the lake goes out of view. And it comes back on the driver's side. Full lake in the moonlight. And we're about... 20 minutes or so into the drive at this point. I look over the driver and I say, hey, have you noticed? And he's like, I've noticed that the lake keeps moving. I'm like, yes, it's not just me then. Okay, and the guy in the backseat at this point is just flipping out. Poor kid. <laughs> he's not having a good night. And the driver says, hey, Jess, just look at the speedometer. I look over, he's going 70 down this road. And we've been driving for almost a half hour. He's like, I hit the gas the first time the lake showed up. And so we drove. And it took about an hour, according to the clock in the car, which was a little off when we got home by quite a bit, for us to get back to the highway. And the road we were on, and the, the lake continued to just drift back and forth from one side of the car to the other. And if you look at a map, there's no other large body of water right there except for Clinton Road. Not not full-size Clinton Road size. And there's right. no lines on this road, and you're just in the middle of nowhere, and you're driving down 70 miles an hour. And it took over an hour to get from the top of Clinton Road equivalent back down to route 23 we're just drifting back and forth paralleling clinton road the entire way down but the lake would not stay on the right side of the car and there were no turns and there were no turnoffs and we were the only people on that road and it dropped us right on 23 and we get on 23 and we start driving home and what do we pass the entrance to clinton road hmm so we paralleled that road the entire way down. We turned off the uh, the end road just before we got to Clinton. And when we got back down to Route 23, we drove past the entrance to Clinton Road. So kind of like a Blair Witch situation where they like basically walked for miles and realized they didn't go anywhere? Sort of, except we did go somewhere. It just took us an hour to do a 20-minute drive. Except we did that at 70 miles an hour. So we really should have been quite a bit further south. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and if you if you talk to people who live in the area, that road does tend to turn up when you need to not be on Clinton Road. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it definitely makes me kind of want to go to attempt to get on Clinton Road uh, at some point. The thing is, you got to go at night because there's like there's the ghost cars. There's the what is it, Jess? Is it like a a, a hellhound? What, what do they call the it? Hellhound, the hellhound. There's definitely a hellhound. The ghost car is actually um, one of the residents at the far northern side of the road. So it's less a ghost car and more just a guy who's really tired of teenagers honking in front of his house. So yeah, the the ghost car is actually a person, and you can like I've known people who know him. Like I don't know that person personally, but. That that is just a person. There is a park ranger who will um, guide people out of the woods or out of side areas if they get lost. Um, there is no park ranger on duty at night in that park, but there's a park ranger re- ready and waiting who just never gets in line of sight of the of the street. He will escort you back to the street, but he won't go close enough for you for the people on the street to see him. And my brother-in-law got escorted by him once. Does he speak? Um, yeah, he had a full conversation with him. He just, he just, he mm-hmm. seems like a normal park ranger, but he never uses a flashlight and your, your light just doesn't work around him. And he, he gets you back to the road. He, he dropped, uh, he dropped my brother-in-law, like he walked him back to where my sister and um, her group of friends were which was about another like half mile down the road than where they ditched him because they got the cops pulled or like, well, you can't stop here. You have to keep going. So they end up ditching him in the woods for a good hour before they were able to find him. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff up on Clinton road. There's Penny bridge is adjacent to Clinton road. And that's one of those bridges that if you throw coins, they'll appear behind you. Yeah. I knew about the bridge. Yeah. The story behind that is uh, a kid was, um, throwing coins off the bridge uh, and got hit by a car so that if you so now the, the ghost supposedly if you are throwing coins he'll throw them back so that you don't die trying to like retrieve your coin or be, while you're distracted he'll throw he'll throw your coins back that's nice of them that is actually really nice I've actually run into a few other people up there um, going to Penny Bridge it's it's a well trod spot. Nice, that's exciting. Oh man, I I I feel like in the future we gotta organize a, a trip up. Yeah, that's my old stomping grounds. We can definitely go on up, and then mate, we'll 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 check two things off. We'll get Clinton Road out of the way for Enrique, and we'll get Split Rock out of the way for me. All right, what what's Split Rock? Split Rock's in the same part of Jersey as Clinton Road. It's supposed to be very haunted. It's uh, it's another one of those weird back roads. It's just not as long as Clinton Road. Um, you know, your usual, uh, you know, abandoned churches taken over by satanic worship, weird clan stuff, old firing kilns. Uh, so it's just, you know, general haunting. Uh, but I've nice. never actually managed to get to Split Rock. It's supposed to have really bad vibes. And every time I've attempted it, something's gone off the rails. All right. Well, I think we definitely got it. That sounds great. Like a good double header. Yeah, and they're they're within about twenty minutes of each other. Honestly, they're not they're not far away. Nice. That is that is exciting. Yeah, it's it's very close to uh, Clinton Road. It's also supposed to be a beautiful hiking area. Ooh, I do love a good hike. Um, uh, but there, there is one thing in case any of your listeners go to Split Rock. Do not stop your car on the bridge. It's Split Rock Road. It's um the road actually goes out over the reservoir, and it is a the last last time I heard, knew someone who went out there it was still a single lane bridge. I don't think they've updated it, but it's a single lane bridge with eight foot high fencing on each side to deter people from jumping off the mm. reservoir. So if you stop in the middle. It's very easy to get boxed in, and oh. and uh, there are there are teens in the area who find it very amusing to box you in, and then there's people in the area who are not teens who box you in for non-amusing reasons. Hmm. 
to the point where even if you get boxed in by locals, they'll be like, no, you'd be glad it was us. We don't, we don't drive out here unaccompanied. Interesting. I think as a safety precaution, no one should stop on any bridge. Yeah, just don't. Just don't stop on yeah. bridges. No stopping on bridges. Yeah. Nothing good is going to come out of anyone stopping their car on a bridge. So those were, Clinton Road was kind of spooky. Um, do you have anything like lighthearted to end on? Let's go with. Oh, lighthearted to end on. I got to, I got to. Yeah. Got to think on that one for a moment. Uh, oh, I do, I do, uh, I do have a lighthearted one. It's not very long, but it was a little funny. I did a. Uh, uh, we went out to the Devil's Tree one time, and before they chopped it down, and I will say the trunk wait, was warm. Is that the tree uh, where like people were hung from? Yeah. I've been, I wanted to go. And then when I heard it got chopped down, it was like, that was rough. I, I really was bad, right? Yeah. One, you shouldn't be chopping down trees. Two, not that tree. It was a very big tree. Oh, yeah. I am jealous. I, I, uh, that, I, I, that was on my list for a while. Um, I remember, uh, reading about that in, in uh, college. Yeah, the, the air around the tree was particularly cold, and the trunk was notably warm. Nothing nice. really spooky happened, but I got to see it before it was gone, and that was cool. No, yeah, that is cool. That that tree is historic for um, trees in uh, tree both like people who enjoy nature in, in or trees in New Jersey, and um, spooky things. And there's there's so many great trail systems and everything around the spooky areas. Oh, you know, I do have a lighthearted, lighthearted Clinton Road story, which I think you're probably going to want to cut out for the podcast. But just in case, no, I'm not going to share. I'll share. I'll share that one in person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, all right. No, that's. I want to put on record because it's it would ruin it would ruin one of the the stories of Clinton Road and the legend should continue. Fair, I respect that. So, kind of how you ruined the ghost car for me? <laughs> Which ghost car? I didn't ruin the ghost car. Yeah, you told me some dude, some guy, one of the guys chasing you. Oh, you mean on Split Rock? No, I, I just, no, I'm just letting you know that if you're lucky, the people who, oh, you mean the 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 ghost car on on oh, Clinton Road? Okay, yeah, yeah. No, the only reason I try to spoil that one is because the guy really is tired of people honking in front of his house. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But you know, the there's a lot of. There's still plenty of other stuff on Split Rock Road. Like the the you don't want the dog to catch your tires because he will pop a tire, and then you're stuck on Clinton Road with the tire popped. Don't go off in the woods. There is bad things in the woods. If you're lucky, you meet the park ranger who gets you back to your car. If you're not lucky, well then we have to start a manhunt looking for you. Yeah, no, we we definitely gotta get um up there for a trip to Clinton and Split Rock Road. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Jess, for coming on. Do, do you have like a anything you want to end on or oh, words of um, wisdom? Uh, no words of wisdom, but I actually just did remember my more lighthearted story, and it's very short. Um, Shades oh, of oh, Death oh, oh, Road. Oh. Um, Shades of Death Road is a road in New Jersey that uh, is has a very nice 12-foot-high signpost that is right, routinely greased, and yet the sign still disappears. wonder why. Um, and while nothing particularly spooky happened to me the night I was there... Oddly enough, a lot of random smells of sulfur going down that road. An unusually an uncomfortable amount of sulfur in the air for a nice country road. Uh, I, so mean, that's I my... think any amount of sulfur. Yeah, one one would have been enough, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, lots of just, lots of sulfur smells. All right, words of wisdom. Never go, never go ghost hunting alone. Tell people where you're going pack a first aid kit and some salt. Okay. All right. And if you're, uh, your salt. um, any kind of salt really will do. It's more about, is it granular enough to make a line with if it came down to it and, uh, you know, get yourself some sage, go ahead. And, um, when you're done, save yourself, save your car, save your friends. Don't bring, don't bring the ghosts home. They belong in the wilderness. That's True true. That. Yeah. That's my words of wisdom. Don't bring ghosts home with you. All right, I'm going to make sure I jot it down. I'll make sure I never... I used to go ghost hunting alone, actually. Funny you mention that. 
I've done it a few times where I would ask people and I had everything set up. And, and when I when I was working in Cape May, I went ghost hunting a lot with my, my buddy out there. And um, he's the Cape May version of Pat. Well, no, because he believes in ghosts. Pat doesn't. So, But anyways, that, that's not important. We would go, but sometimes he's like, because he smoked a lot. So he's oh, when we were like in our 20s. So he'd be like, oh, man, I'm so high. I, I can't. And I'm just like, well, shit, I'm already here. I'm not about to drive a whole hour home after I drove a whole hour here. So I would go by myself. It's not fun. Yeah, it's, it's not, not fun. much fun without a group. Like, there's no, like, I can't, I can't stop and say, did you hear that? To anybody. Because there's nobody to ask, did you hear that to? Right. So it's it's not like anything I hear, anything I see, Everyone, including myself, will chalk it up as I'm just scared. So, there's something that about a, having that that person next to you to just look at them and go, "Did you just see that?" Right, right, right. Enrique, I would ghost hunt with you. Yeah, I, we've been trying to do it for a while. It's just, it's just never, it's never happened. But we're letting it come naturally. Like the day it naturally happens, we will do it. So, like when a ghost just appears. We have a ghost at work, and me and Julia are actually still at the job. And plenty of times, Pat and I came, all three of us have come, me and Julia have come, and we've tried to do just different things to try to catch something. And not like actually ghost hunting, because we would just like sit around. We had microphone, like I had a um, the Zoom mic that would record. So we would try to catch noises, catch up. Uh, things moving you know we would set up this um this thing called alfred camera and like it's it's like motion sensor like we try these things but at the job it just he comes out when he wants he doesn't really like you're not i don't think you're gonna catch him i think it's just like sup and then i'm about to go back to wherever i'm at i don't think you can like capture him but i i have captured a voice in here before so I know it's in here. I just can't find it, you know? I, exactly, I would I would go ghost hunting um at a haunted place. We should go soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The season. Tis the season. If you got any places, Jess, let us know. I will start scratching the noggin. I mean All we right. have uh we have uh Cooch's Bridge down here, which is where the headless horseman comes from. Hmm. Like the original Irving's tale, the Headless Horseman was inspired by a battle in Delaware, and he set it in New York because everyone knew where New York was. And right. also, it's pretty up there. It is like, and for people who haven't been to Sleepy Hollow during the Halloween season, it is a lot of fun. They really dig into it and their local lore. They have so, so much fun with it. They really yeah. do. I I've been to Sleepy Hollow a few times, um, on different Halloween seasons, and I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Like, you're not gonna go there and see a, a headless horseman come like running, but you are gonna go to a few haunts and people get really into it. So it's it's fun. Oh yeah, the the whole town's lovely. We're going up for our second time in two weeks, and I'm nice. so excited for it. We're gonna have a picnic in the graveyard. It's be great. Oh, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, that's so much fun. Uh, un- unrelated to that, me and Enrique, we saw a, a like spooky opera in a graveyard. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. I saw your pics on Instagram. It looks so cool with the rain. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> Enrique, like the atmosphere we, is amazing. The atmosphere was 10 out of 10. Even being like the rain wasn't that, like it was pouring and we were soaked. But like. It didn't take I away mean, from it. Yeah, it, it kept adding to it. And the fact that like ninety percent, like literally only one person left. Like when it started raining, one guy just got up and left. But like everyone sat there and sat through majority of this play, uh, opera in the rain in a graveyard, and we're like, we can't leave. Like this, and it was getting good. And then Enrique, I gave him my um my messenger bag, so like he's wearing it as an umbrella. I had on a bucket hat. It was great. Like I'm sitting, I'm sitting in 
a very tiny foldable chair that I barely fit in. And I have Pat's messenger bag on my head. And we're just sitting in the rain. And and the guy felt so bad for us that he runs to, like, the front office and grabs us an umbrella. (laughs) Because he's like, these guys are sitting here. Soaking wet, they're the only ones in shorts and a t-shirt. Like everyone yeah. else has a rain jacket and umbrellas, and everyone else has like stuff they need. But these two guys, like they just they're here with like shorts and a shirt, and it's like, yeah, well, it's just rain. Like, what's it gonna do? I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna die. It's rain. But it's a uh, tis the season. Support the arts and the spooky things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's the time. It is. Um, yeah, Jess, thanks so much for coming on. Um, appreciate it so much. I'm looking forward to hearing this episode. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll see you all soon. A couple more weeks. Yeah. All right. All right, bye. See you.